Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Bruno Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, uh, I guess a couple hours ago, maybe an hour and a half ago, I made a mistake. We all do. I did push-ups. Oh, my. I attempted to do some, some core exercise before taking a shower this evening, and man... I mean, it's not a mistake because, like, the idea is if it's only you only suffer for it if, like, you spend a lot of time between attempts at exercising. But it's been a really long time. Yeah, I have just uh, I've just started lifting again for the first time in a long time, and yeah, I can uh, <laughs> I, I I can relate. It does. I can say wholeheartedly, it does get better. But those first few weeks of like coming back to exercising, that's that's hard. I'm like still from a workout I did last week. My 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 when I lift my arms up, my my pectorals hurt, and it's like it's like why well, shouldn't it's been too long? It shouldn't feel like that, you know. But it just it just does. It just lingers, you know. But that's the beauty of uh, that's the beauty of exercise. And we have a touchdown. We have a stidham. Is it a stidham touchdown? I'm sorry, it is a stidham running touchdown. I'm sorry. I'll. No more, no more comments on this dumb game. Um, but uh, yeah, exercise uh, is great. Can confirm, good for you. You know, feels even feels good in a crazy way. Um, but yeah, boy, when you start, when you're starting, it hurts a lot. Yeah, and I, I wasn't always good at exercise when I was playing sports and like active in any way like even like when i was playing football i i i I was still terrible at cardio could not run even like a mile without stopping midway through or you know walking for a block or whatever but i i've just been shocked ever since getting out of school and not walking across the u of m there and back every day how quickly like i've just fallen off a cliff and covid probably did not help Yes, but it's this a, will probably not be a sustained attempt. But I do got some hiking to do next week, so gotta increase my my level even two percent. You know. Well, and you know, it's it it can be done. People do it. You know, it's that's what I've told myself is that you know, people who are out of shape get into shape. You know, you don't have to be. You know, you don't have to be, you know, I don't know, insert football player name. You don't have to be Darren Waller or something, you know. You don't have to be you don't have to be Jared Stidham, you know, rolling out in the pocket and, and and you know directing the defense and running it in from fifteen yards out. You don't have to be. You know, you just have to find what works for you, what makes you feel good, you know, what makes your body work and you know, you you get there in, in time. But it's it's all a process. It's all a process. It's a beautiful, beautiful beautiful, beautiful process. And then process that occasionally hurts a lot <laughs> are we going to uh relitigate the jarrett stidham recruitment on this podcast uh, uh, this, this week? no uh no no we're not we we are uh, i think we we've we, we've milked all the jarrett stidham content we're gonna we're, we're gonna get i think okay well i, I just i i remembered uh with, with jarrett stidham about 75 percent of the time i remember he was a tech commit at one point yeah. and then he went to Baylor and there was some message board stuff about it. And, you know, then he ended up at Auburn, obviously, but we don't have to talk about him. 
We are going to talk about Dover football, though. We are. We're going to have the first of our preseason questions. I do want to highlight real quick things on my blog. I put up part two of my study of recruiting and the impact that winning or losing a lot in one season will have on it. Part two is a good deal longer than part one, but I think it is the much more, uh, I don't know, conclusive stuff in that there are conclusions. It's not just all set up more or less. I spent a lot of time with it to the point, you know, you know how you write things in school and you spend enough time with an essay where at the end you're not as certain whether it's good or bad as you were when you started? Yes. Yes. You're, you're too, you get too deep in your own process and too deep in the sauce. Yeah. And, and you would like to be able to take a step back and, you know, really, really see. So I, I was kind of in that place with this one by the end, but I, I do think in the end there are some things you can take away. Um, if nothing else, we make fun of Bobby Petrino in this one, and that's always fun. That is, so, that is, that is. Go give that a look. Uh, I think it's still my pen tweet. It's also on Facebook. It's on sky-u-blog.blogspot.com, um, where you will also hopefully find some uh, Gophers previews posts in the next few weeks. Um, though there may be some interruption as I'm going on a trip next week, but there will be some writing in the near future there. And here you will continue to hear some talking. And the first question we have for this preseason, a very straightforward one and, and one that might end up being more straightforward than we intended. As I was thinking about this, it could be a very short answer. It could um, be. I'm going to warn you, it, it, it is. <laughs> what position or position groups most need to improve for this to be a successful season? So my thinking about this question is that it might be more interesting if you asked what other positions need to be most uh, important, because I think the answer, uh, kind of what you might have been alluding to, was quarterback. I, I just think that on the offensive side of the ball, so much of what and again, it's philosophical in part, and we'll talk about that next week, and it's in terms of strategy and everything. But so much of what 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 can make this team go from mediocre to good to great seems like it's Tanner Morgan. Um, it, it seems like it's 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 at times what was really lacking last year, you know, along with again the creativity, the philosophy, et cetera. But regardless of the, 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 the process, the outcome of that poor quarterback play defined a lot of your offensive struggles last year. And again, whether that's his fault, the coach's fault, whatever, the, the bottom line is I think that is the, the position group that you're going to need to see the most improvement out of. There are other groups you know, where you, 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 you would maybe like improvement, but that's the one to me that's like the, the quote-unquote X factor on this team. And, you know, again, so that's why I say that I think the second most, the second most, that's, that's, that, that's, that's an interesting question. And the second most might, 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 might be wide receiver or maybe defensive line. Well, but that's, yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> I've been looking at some receiver related stuff this week because I'm working on previewing the receivers. And part of that is you got to look at, so I, I, I chart 
all of Tanner Morgan's passes during the year. Um, and so that means in order to talk about how certain receivers are getting used, you got to look at all of those charts, compile the data there. And um, Tanner Morgan was exactly 50% on completing passes between 10 and 19 yards last year, which is not the level you want, especially in an offense built so heavily on those intermediate throws over the middle like that 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 10 to 15 yard slant that's pretty important and if you're only hitting 50 15 percent of those if you're throwing more if you're if you're throwing a significant number of interceptions at that range then you're holding back the offense significantly you know the the joe balls that kind that fluctuates up and down and he could be better in that area but like the key thing is you know, you're not asked to make a lot of reads in this offense. You're kind of just asked to be a bus driver. And if you can be better than that, then great. But in general, you're you're, you're driving the bus and you want your, your receivers, which I think I feel pretty good about this group of receivers. I don't feel yeah. 2019 level good about this group, but I feel good about it. Um, you need to, you, you need to just get them the ball. You know, you, it's it's you you determine whether you uh, need to hand it off, and I guess that decision is usually made for you with those sideline checks. Um, but you just have to not choreograph, choreograph the throws, and the ball has to be there on time and on on target. And a lot of the time, Tanner Morgan was failing to do that last year. And I think in general, he averages about competence you know, over the course of a season. Um, but it was very up and down. And at times, I don't think he necessarily by himself lost you any game last year. But the moments where you needed him to step up and win a game for you, he was incapable of doing. Outside of Wisconsin at the end of the year. Yes, because the running game was not really working well in that game. And he needed to make a few throws, and he did. Um, but like Bowling Green, Illinois, the, these moments where Iowa. Iowa as well, where, again, he, he did some things to set you back, but there was still time to make up for that. And, you know, there are obviously other mistakes being made on, on a coaching level and the offensive line was not doing its part, but there were moments where he needed it to be better than he was and he just couldn't be. Um, and that that's the number one position, even if this was um, – a different place on the field, you know, the level of play that you were getting on a week to week basis from Tanner Morgan needs to improve. This would be the answer pretty much no matter what I think. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, as far as other groups, I mean, I think you, you, you made a point. I mean, pass protection, you know, could be better. Certainly. Um, that's an area where, you know, you, you'd like a little more consistency probably than you had last year. Um, and again, I, I only said the receivers because the passing game in general wasn't uh, wasn't necessarily great. But yeah, I, I agree that the, the pieces are there, and I think they're they're pretty good. I'm not con- I don't have the same kind of concerns about the receivers. Well, like we said, I mean the defense. I mean, kind of at all levels, you have you have some continuity and you have some guys that you you know feel good about. So there's not really another group I'd say that you're like, well, this group has to make that leap. They, 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 that has that kind of X factor type, you know, feel to it. 
Yeah, you you would like to see, I think, cornerback yeah. do better, but it wasn't a bad situation. We were, were kind of worried about what we might get last year, and it was generally okay, up and down, but okay. So I'm not really demanding, you know, are there individual players I want to see more out of in order for me to believe that they can be starters? There are players that I'm wondering, okay, do they fit in? Um, but in terms of like what what level are, you know, at a given position do we need to see raised? I don't think there's anywhere on the defense where I'm really concerned about um, in terms of that specific raising of the question. I guess I did just think of one place I would like to see improvement, and that's kicker. Yep, yep, that was my next. You're hitting all the notes. And I'm not as harsh on Matthew Trickett as it feels like. I mean, I, I don't know all of Gopher's Twitter's thoughts. I tend to kind of avoid it. Um, but Ryan Burns, I know, will we'll tweet some things when whenever Matthew Trickett misses a kick. He's been kind of deployed incorrectly, where at Kent State, he had a very clear limit on his range. You looked at every single kick he ever did. He never made a 50-yarder at Kent State. Um, and when you got into the high 40s, he wasn't as consistent as he was from about the 35 to 45-yard range, which is an important range for a kicker. Um, you know, th- those are not give me kicks and you know whatever you can do in that range you you know if you if you do well then that that's that's valuable um and i do think his overall field goal percentage is being affected by the fact he was asked to attempt more long kicks in 2021 but he missed multiple pats one of which against bowling green was crucial because it came at a, a point of the game where um, you know, you store your touchdown, you theoretically, you kick the PAT, it's a three point game, but he misses it. It's a four point game with not a whole lot of time left. And now suddenly you've got to get either a touchdown or multiple possessions, which probably won't happen. So he misses those. He misses uh, a couple short ones. You know, he, he hasn't been meeting the level that you were hoping for when you got Matthew Trickett into this program, uh, you know, a former all Mac first team kicker. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You know, it's a position where, again, even last year it felt like an upgrade compared to the, <laughs> the weird, weird, bizarro COVID year of 2020. But yeah, still, like you're saying, I mean, you want him, you, you expected him to be a good, a pretty good big 10 kicker. And again, on the surface, outside of some of the limitations, there was reason to believe that he could be, but he hasn't consistently been at that level. Um, so you'd like you'd like to see him certainly improve or improving out of that out of that position out of that group and you know special teams it's cliche play those close games <laughs> you know those 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 points they 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 add up and they really they they really matter and you want to be as you know you want to get you want to get as many of the freebies as you can and uh, I think Trickett uh, no exception I do want to see some more uh, out of the return game as well. Specifically with punt returns, you know, the, the Dofers have, over the last few years since Fuck arrived, they, I mean, this would happen very often with Demetrius Douglas, where he would fair catch with a large, large amount of space ahead of him on a, on a punt. Um, and the fact that that's kind of continued post-Douglas suggests to me this is a 
Affleck policy of we're not going to bother, which feels like a missed opportunity. But then you watch Trey Potts um, attempt to field a punt against Bowling Green last year. And just it feels like wonky stuff tends to happen whenever Gophers players attempt to field punts, which feels like, you know, one of the first boxes you should check as a special teams coordinator. Um, but they've basically decided we're just going to fair catch every time. Um, and I'm guessing that's not their ideal course of action. And they would rather occasionally return some of these. They don't want to just stick no longer Brock Anstead, but whatever his successor is, is designated. Just don't drop the ball guy. Remember to, to wave your arm. I assume they want to get something out of the, the punt return game. And you'd like to see the ability to catch the ball and run with it. That that would be uh, that would be ideal. Who do you think that'll be? Who do you think the the return the the punt returner will be when all the Brack's gone? Well, that's a little tough to figure out. So Trey Potts dealt with it a bit last year, and then obviously he had his medical issue and had to leave. We've talked about Beanie Bishop as a potential return man, but he didn't return any punts when in Western Kentucky. He only returned kickoffs. There, I don't believe, is anyone on the roster who has ever fielded a punt. Um, they don't have a media guide out, so I can't verify that exactly. I can tell you there's not anyone returning that's done that, other than Potts. Beanie probably makes sense from just a, 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 a physical standpoint. I mean, he's the, the kind of a slot corner. I mean, that's kind of the guy you're sort of looking for in theory. And again, a guy who might have some other return experience. I mean, that isn't that doesn't it doesn't seem outlandish. It seems reasonable. Yeah, and you know they they've had kind of a an assortment of guys field kickoffs, whether in warm-ups and in practice or in actual games. Bryce Williams has done it. Chris Ottman-Bell has done it. Seems like, I mean, Muhammad Ibrahim was doing it at one point. Yeah. Seems like they tend to rotate through the running backs there, as Marquis Irving did last year, and then throw in a couple receivers. But I don't know exactly what their plans are with, with punt return. Maybe, maybe Ike White has a skill set worthy of that, or maybe they feel like uh, Beanie Bishop can try it. I don't know. Well, this is one of those things that... Um, Wally, perhaps? Why not? Yeah, well, I'm, there are a lot of things you can try here. And this is probably one of the things that if the open practice doesn't get lightened out this Saturday, at least you and I and anyone attending will have some clarity on. Although they do have a couple more open practices before the season starts. But those, I think, are the... The main things I can think of, Mark Crawford was much better last year. I have yep. no issues with what we got out of him. Um, Dragon Kessich has been very good as a kickoff specialist since he showed up to campus. Um, and most of the other positions are questions of what are you getting, not uh, can you be better than what we've seen before, which yeah. is a separate question that will um, – probably asked in various forms over the the next few weeks. Yes. But that is our Gophers football talk for this week. I do want to mention before we get out of here, there is some Gopher basketball news. Fortunate. Well, and yeah. for, we, well, kind of, there's some of both. 
mostly unfortunate, though. Yeah, so the kind of neutral news um, is that we have a non-conference schedule kind of being driven crazy here about how long it's taking for us to get a full college basketball schedule. It's always been slightly annoying as someone who's used to having football schedules arranged for a very long time in advance, too long. Um, but man, when, when it's, when it's August, I feel like we got to have the whole thing by this point. But anyway, there's not really anything too interesting about the non-conference schedule. Boise you- State again, Mississippi State, Virginia Tech, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, the brand, brand, fighting Brandon Johnson's. DePaul, the other fighting Brandon Johnson's is, I believe, are on the. So the, the full slate of Brandon Johnson is on the on the Gopher schedule, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, if you obviously the games that tend to happen around exam time and over winter break, those tend to be kind of your crappy games. I remember we saw North Florida. Right, yeah, that was right, terrible. Right. That was the yeah, Isaiah Washington gets a lot of assists. Game, I think, was was the story on that one. It might have been. Uh, this year, those games are Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Chicago State, which is one of the poorest programs in Division One, and then uh, Alcorn State on the 29th of December. Yeah, that's 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 really really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Yeah. So we, I mean, Virginia Tech. You, you imagine one of these years, they're going to be okay. I mean, you know, both they were, games there anymore. They, but. they were a tournament team. I mean, they were ended up okay last year after a rough start. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right there. So that that's a, a tougher opponent, you would figure. But Mississippi State was pretty bad last year. It was a much uh, it was a better win at the time when we got it. It felt like it felt like a big win, but it really maybe wasn't as big of a win. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a power conference win for a team that was bad, so you know we we have to count them. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little bit of a, a letdown what that became, and then DePaul is usually bad. So yeah, the the way I put this to you is this is very much a at the end of the year, we want to look kind of like we went 500 at least. So yeah. it's it's packed with a lot of games that should be very easy to get tickets for and uh, should hopefully involve winning all but one or two of them at worst, right? Yeah, I mean, worst case, I mean, because you do play, you do have to play like DePaul. Isn't DePaul, am I making this up that DePaul's in the schedule? They are on the schedule. They're the uh, third actual game. So DePaul isn't really very good, but you know, you figure, you figure you probably get one of them and the two states. Um, so you probably lose two, two of those, and then, yeah, I mean, you probably you don't want to have three losses on this non-conference schedule. I'll say that. But it's possible. Who knows? You know. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe at the end of the year, Central Michigan turns out to be like a Ken Palm favorite or something, and we're able to say that doesn't look as bad as we thought it would. That's about as complimentary as we can be here. You you, you got to clean up that that slate. Yeah. And then the other news, 
is that Isaiah Enan is out for the season yet again with a knee injury. Was was this the the other knee, or was this the same one? I know Parker uh, Fox was the other leg. I think it was the same. I could be wrong though. It, regardless, it's really sad and really, really an unfortunate break for a team that were where seems like the. Where, where, where front court depth is such a such a regular topic of conversation <laughs> or lack thereof. I mean, it's a it's a lot like the Fox situation where it just it it really sucks for the player to yeah. have to miss two straight years. I really hope that he's able to get through it and. You know, obviously on a basketball level, we, we were we were talking probably right after the Fox injury, but just thinking like, what is the front court for this team? You've now lost what you thought was going to be your starting four, this this longer guy who can run to the rim. You, you've already had to bump up battle, probably going up a position. And Enan was, was always kind of a skinny guy who, you know, shot well his freshman year, but hadn't shot well since. Yeah. But you you could kind of figure maybe he's got the length to work in, in a big 10 front court. Maybe he's bulked up a bit. Um, and now it's just it's a little bit thinner, and that's not a really good situation to find yourself in. No, it's not, again, especially in the big 10 where everybody's so big. It's not where you want to be. No, I could see that Purdue game going very poorly. Yeah, is Edie back? Uh, I think Matt, so. Okay. And, and even if I know that obviously Travion is not. Yeah, they lost. Um, they lost a lot. Because I, I guess right now your 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 four and five situation is obviously Dawson Garcia is probably your starter at center. Trayton Thompson is your backup, and it's. Just guys six, seven or taller who are not injured. Josh Ola Joseph. He's more of a wing. What was that? He's more of a wing, isn't he? Ola Joseph. Isn't he kind of a wing? And I'm I'm setting the bar here a bit low for a reason. (laughs) Ola Joseph is six, seven. Amison Battle is six, seven. Hayden Betts is six, eight. Pharrell Payne is six, nine. Jaden Henley, who's another swing man, is six seven. And you know what? I I like how the roster is becoming longer, but yeah. it's not really that thick in the middle, yeah. which is going to pose a problem. Yeah, you really hope Payne. You really hope Payne is a guy that they think he can be, that he can come in and bang in the Big Ten right away. That's what I'd say. Um, you really hope. You really. You just. I mean, I think he could be an X factor on this team, just in that. They really need the they really need the bulk, and he's like the only guy or one of the only guys that has <laughs> has that in any supply. So you hope he's as good as you as you is you you know you hope he's as good as you hope he is, you know. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of crucial that he's able to provide some some depth in the paint. Yeah. Um. But that is feels. I don't think this is going to derail this season or anything, but it's going to make things harder. You're going to have to ask more of the inexperienced players, or you're going to have to repeat last year and only give minutes to the same six guys, which tends to cause issues. But 
if any other bad news comes out, we'll talk about it. I don't think there's really anything to talk about with the conference schedule when it comes out because we know the teams. Yeah, no, not super, not super interesting. More the dates, kind of, just uh, from a logistical standpoint of planning games and stuff. Yeah, that that's more interesting as a fan than it is as a covering the team level. So I, I just don't expect us to talk about that whenever we get it, especially since it might be football season. What's happening in Canton? Well, the Las Vegas is up by 20 to nothing. And there's a punt. And there's a fair catch. Okay. Back to you. Okay. <laughs> well, um, that probably does it for us this week. We'll be recording again in just a few days. Um, I do, I do want to throw something else out there. I uh, want to say rest in peace, Vin Scully. The, the 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 man the man the myth the legend Vin Scully, but it was at 68 years at the helm at the mic, which is something we will never ever 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 did I say ever see again. It was uh, I believe 67, but yeah, I um when I got MLB TV to watch the Twins when I was in high school, I, I would watch the Twins game, and then as soon as they were done. I'd immediately go over, and if the Dodgers were at home, it was going to be the Dodgers that I watched because I wanted to listen to Vin. He yeah. just had, and I, I was, I was actually looking up some some Vin games earlier today because um, MLB, I, I think they've gotten rid of some of their uploads, but you can go into YouTube, and if you type in, for example, M I L at LAD 2013. And again, this may be happen to be one of the games that's been deleted, but you will find, or not LAD, I guess it's probably LAN, LA National League. You will find, um, in that case, a Brewers Dodgers game from 2013. And you can watch it and you can listen to Vin. Um, and it's just, it's wonderful just hearing him. He just, he was, he was a really, calm like relaxing listen it was entertaining um he could be funny he wasn't overbearing he wasn't a huge character he was just like your, your, yeah he was he was your friend walking you through the game and it was wonderful yes and then i i i, I agree wholeheartedly i also want to say before we go uh rest in peace bill russell Yes. Uh, who I think our generation has less of a connection to just because he played and coached so long ago. Um, but uh, and nonetheless was um, very good at that basketball thing <laughs> and uh, was certainly certainly a, a legend, a legend of the game and a trailblazer and a uh, just a wonderful seemed like a wonderful, wonderful human being. A great American. Yes. Amen. If these things come in threes, I'm not looking forward to whoever's next. No, uh, no. Because these were two, two big ones that really sucked when you when you hear about them. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I'm Chandler Allspector. This is Aaron Williams. Wishing you all a very pleasant good evening, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.